You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Wake up, Madison. I'm awake. Yes, it's 1151. We're in Tulsa. We're in the media dining room um, where the Thunder, the BOK Center, we actually drove all the way up to Tulsa today. Um, where the Thunder defeated the Dallas Mavericks 119 to 104. And just like we always have to do, we've got to do these post game pods. That's what the OKC82 podcast is all what about. What people want. Yeah. That's for some reason. I don't know why they want to hear our voices, but mainly, I don't blame them. Mainly for you. We sound great. Um, well, first of all, before we get into the game, Madison, we just, I just wanted to let everybody know. Um, you and I went and saw Joker before the, sh- before, right before the game, like the, the movie ended and we had to hightail it down the highway straight to the BOK center. And I'm not going to say any spoilers because I mean, everyone should know he becomes the Joker. What? We, we, I mean, that's kind of inherent with the, what the yes, movie and the story is. Um, but I will, I'm just going to warn everybody if you haven't seen it yet, but you, but you want to. Make sure that's either make sure you have something lighthearted to do afterwards. <laughs> Luckily, we had to go cover and watch a basketball game. Yeah, that was pretty lighthearted. I mean, honestly, it could have been worse. If I had to like go sit behind a desk and just look at the wall or like Excel <laughs> sheets, then I probably like you might. I don't know if I would have taken that too well because it was a dark and ominous movie. If you had, if you had really to go did. back to the station uh, to the Tyler Media Studios, you might fantasize about putting on some clown makeup and uh, <laughs> running into Jerry Ramsey and just going, you're going to get what you deserve, Jerry. Honestly, I might <laughs> just run through a glass wall and see what happens. No, but, but the uh, the lightheartedness really came, and it came in the first 10 seconds of the game, Madison, because, oh, and by the way, I'm Brady Trantham. That's Madison Morris. Hello. This is the OKCA2 podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. Yes, in the first 10 seconds, Stephen Adams was wide open on the corner. Chris Paul found him, and without hesitation, he shot, launched a three, and it went down. It and was it, beautiful. It set the tone for the entire evening because, I mean, it, we're not here to like we're not here to like root for the team, but man, it was so hard to not get caught up in like, oh my god. No, exactly. Just because that's something that we as media members we've been wanting to see. That I'm sure fans have too. But I mean, come on, we're around these guys. We're around this team. We all make inside like little jokes. We kind of tease at things. And then when an ongoing joke that you're always making, when it actually happens, that's kind of like a, a fall out of your chair moment. And that's kind <laughs> of what I did. I, I legit like jumped. I think I gasped. And yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, it, it was so weird to see. And look, I think I've said on this podcast before, because we've had people whenever we get Twitter questions, hey, is Stephen Adams ever going to shoot a three? I really didn't think so. And yes, I didn't think so. Yeah, and yes, that was back with a team led by Russell Westbrook and then Paul George. Like Stephen Adams is a guy who's always been very consistent. Like I'm not going to take shots away from guys that can shoot threes. Actually, like it's just not smart. It's not smart basketball. And Stephen Adams is a guy who who plays high IQ basketball. Mm-hmm. Even after Russell and Paul were traded, I still didn't think that this was going to be the case because it. it if the Thunder just decided, yeah, you're going to have to go out there and shoot threes, one, that just looks incredibly desperate. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, we lost a lot of offense in Russell Westbrook and Paul George alone. Uh, so, yeah, Stephen, we're going to need something. And like we've said, like everyone kind of knows about the Thunder right now, there's still talent on the roster, so they're not desperate enough to have Stephen just jack up threes, like he says. Yeah. But, man, 
if if Billy Donovan is going to roll out this three point guard lineup like he started with tonight, uh, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder at the two, Shea Gildas Alexander at the three, the ability for Stephen Adams to be open and have opportunities um, in the corner specifically, they're going to be there. And if he has the green light, I mean, from what we've seen in practice, Madison. I don't think that that's a bad possession. No, listen, if you're going to have that opportunity, I say go for it because I think he was asked last season uh, if that was something he'd ever consider, and he straight up said, like, no, Russell will kick my ass if I do that. He like, ain't he here no more. Said, <laughs> and now he's not here. And, like, I, we can get into this a little bit later as well, but I think this kind of uh, coincides with the whole theory that I've put together is that this offense looked completely different tonight just because I think – and please don't crucify me for saying this, but I think there's a lot a lot more like lighthearted feel and like an atmosphere to not necessarily just like the team as a whole, but just to the offense because um, I, I kind of said this on our little stand-up that we did that you guys will get to see in a video, but I felt like there was just a lot more distribution on the offense. I felt like there was a lot more um, passing around the ball, uh, kind of setting up different plays, utilizing different players. And it wasn't just like a, oh, we'll put it in Paul's hands. Oh, put it in Russell's hands. It wasn't something that was expected. It was kind of like, oh, well, who's going to who's gonna make the shot now? Who's going to be the guy? Like, everybody was the guy tonight. And yeah. I think everybody took a three-point attempt that played, except for, like, Nerlens, I think. But, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the next task. But, I mean, it was just – it was kind of exciting just to see the difference that occurred out there because it was refreshing in a sense. But also, I mean, I'm not – Gonna dive too much into this because I know it's preseason, and I think I just spit on the microphone. And people are <laughs> probably thinking like, "Oh my gosh, she's taking way too much out no, of this." But the, I mean, this is no, our the, first chance to see it, the, so that's the, what I took away. The Thunder ran their first offensive possession of the game out of a three-point guard lineup, something that they've been hinting at all training camp to Stephen Adams in the corner. I have no doubt awesome. that this is going to be something moving forward. They don't do that unless they really think that it's something they can have. Like right. it, it's a wrinkle in the offense. And when you've got three point guards, um, three very different, uniquely styled point guards, you've got Shea, Gildas Alexander, who has the length and the athleticism to uh, make the Thunder confident that the perimeter can be defended at a you know, at least an average pace because Shea is still young and he's still learning a lot of things. Uh, you got Dennis Schroeder, who has speed to burn. And you've got Chris Paul, who's your prototypical floor general uh, mm-hmm. off the pick and roll. You've got three va- um, varied styles of point guards on the floor together, and they can, in theory, work well off of each other. Yeah. And the opportunity for Stephen Adams to be open beyond the beyond the perimeter, it's going to be there. And he has three guys that are more than capable of finding him. So those opportunities will be there. I don't know. Like my question is, is how regular does this play get run? Is this going to be something like where the Thunder run this, like in a random game? Do they run Stephen Adams open and have him shoot three or four or five times until basically the defense starts defending him? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but it might be something like if you guys think back to the old Thunder days when uh, Kendrick Perkins was in the starting lineup. What was the first play the Thunder would always run? They would always dump it off to Perkins, you know, on the low post, try to get him an easy bucket so he can be engaged. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a wrinkle where they want to keep Steven engaged on offense um, because I, he's not a guy that you need to necessarily try to get engaged. He's engaged by himself. Or if it's something that they're going to, like, actually involve in the offense. So that's going to be the question moving forward. But you kind of talked about it, Madison, and I'm glad you brought it up. But um, just the energy, the ball movement that was on the floor, and that's going to be apparent when you've got three point guards out there 
there's a lot of passing, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul talked about that in the post game. He described it as a spirit. He he, he said something uh, a few times about like there's a spirit in this group, and I asked him like what exactly did he mean by by that? Was it just because there's a lot of young guys on this team, a lot of impressionable guys that are trying to to find their way in the NBA? And you know he kind of downplayed it, but. Overall, like I asked him and Shea Gildas Alexander about it, and they just both really reiterated that there's just such an energy with this group. Mm-hmm. Now, it's preseason, and this team is going to win a few games, maybe even more than a few games. They're going to lose quite a few games. Like, mm-hmm. It's just the Western Conference is just loaded, and that's the reality. But I I agree 100% with you, Madison. Like I see it. Like There is an energy. And mm-hmm. I am not, like we said it on the last podcast, I'm not saying anything about Russell Westbrook, not saying yeah, anything against chill. him. Like, we're not doing anything. From the previous season. It's just different. And it has the potential to be to be something good and, and special moving mm-hmm. forward. But that spirit, that's, that's going to be the foundation. Can the Thunder continue this 15, 20 games into the regular season? That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I think change is good right now for this team because they were able to prove that tonight going out there. I mean, yeah, the Mavericks were without Luka Doncic and without Kristaps Porzingis, and like they oh, were yeah. missing a couple of key pieces, <laughs> but you have to understand that uh, the Thunder really played every single guy that they were able to, except for maybe a couple of guys that are really with the blue team, but they did make the trip. Uh, still, that's... I mean, that's really cool to see that. Oh, and Andre Robertson, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, that's still a lingering question mark. But, I mean, it's just, it's kind of exciting to see right now because we got to see how every little piece is going to work right now. And, yeah, even Steven said tonight, guys, it's preseason. Like, things can change. Things are going to change. And Brady's talked about this. I've talked about this. Everyone's talked about, you know, you can't take too much from, from preseason games. But I don't know. Right now, Um, I was just seeing a lot more of team play out there, a lot more team action. And I think it's kind of refreshing. And so if that's going to be something they can carry on throughout the season, that would be great. And I think that's not something that's just going to be limited to preseason. Like, oh, this is going to happen in preseason, but it's not going to carry over. I don't necessarily think that's true. I really do think that um, the way that they were able to play tonight and really play off of each other and really – uh, involve each other and especially like there were a couple of times where Chris Paul was just orchestrating out there and it looked like he was very comfortable with this team and he was able to get guys like Shea involved he was really able to get Dennis involved Dennis did spectacular tonight I thought besides picking up a flagrant in the preseason game but <laughs> ended up being a that's, flagrant uh, one that's gonna happen you know Dennis I think Dennis is a very passionate player he's a little guy but he has a lot of energy what didn't this game have I mean this, the game started with the Steven Adams three mm-hmm. It had a flagrant one a from flagrant D- from Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> who like I know who sometimes he could be kind of a testy personality, yeah. but he's not a very physically testy personality on the floor. I didn't even uh, really see what caused that. I was looking down, and then all of a sudden I heard lots of groans, and then they were talking about how the play was being reviewed yeah. to uh, determine the severity of it. I was like, "What? The yeah, heck that, that was the other thing. Is it was it was a reviewed." flagrant yeah. in the preseason and then we even had Hamadou Diallo bulldoze into the uh, into the lane uh, get called for an offensive foul and then Billy Donovan challenged it it's one of the new things that the league has implemented this year the G League has been doing it I think I think mm-hmm. they either started it last year or they've been doing it for the last two I years I love the coach challenge uh, yeah like I think it's awesome I don't think Billy has a cute little red flag that he pulls out of his pocket and just like throws across the floor I wish uh, I'm sure he just goes up to the official and says yeah I I want to I want to review that one 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, the uh, foul was um, not overturned. I can't yeah. think of the word right now because it's, it's it's past midnight, so my brain ain't working. He's 0-1 and yeah, uh, um, challenging. When you, it's the same rules like in the NFL. If you review the challenge and it gets upheld and it doesn't get overturned, then you you know, you know lose a timeout. Fortunately for the Thunder, they uh, didn't need that timeout because they ended up winning 119-104, to mm-hmm. so it didn't really bite them. But it was interesting to see. Like We saw a lot of things in this preseason game. Yeah. And you know to kind of go back to the actual basketball, Madison – um, the problem I, f- I feel like it's kind of easy to see now we're going to see new stuff here and there on Thursday night. We're going to see new stuff on Monday night yeah, when they true. go down to Dallas, like the more games that they play, they're going to be able to implement more and more stuff that they're practicing. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the problems they're going to have is what they're good at is pretty darn simple. You know, the pick and roll, the, um, uh, the ball movement is pretty simple. It's basically the same. It's almost like. You remember the last few years. It seemed like in the first 15 to 20 games, the Russell Westbrook lob to Steven Adams off the pick and roll um, in the first you know, first possession or two of the game, it would work. After the 15 or 20 game mark, defenses would own up to it, stop it, and it would go away. And you would you'd rarely see a Russell Westbrook lob to Steven Adams unless it was in the fast breaker or unless the defense broke down. Mm-hmm. So what the Thunder, probably like their bread and butter, Defenses are going to get accustomed to it and then stop it, and that's when I think you're going to see the Thunder have a lot of failure, and it's probably going to coincide with their November schedule, which is brutal. So all the excitement that we're going to talk about right now, like really, really lower your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> now the Thunder will pro- they will surprise you because they have the talent, but and they do have a system in place that they're mm-hmm. trying to instill. That can win them some games, but you know, just table your expectations. Like, please, it was an yeah. exci- it was an exciting game. It was preseason. Steve Adams hit a three. It was, it was fun. I mean, that's all you can ask for in a preseason game. But I do agree with what you said. How every night of this preseason, they have four more, or sorry, three more preseason games, and I think every single one of them is going to have something new. Uh, just because, yeah, I they're sure going to be. So. Oh yeah, well, I hope so. Nerlens Noel three, and then they'll jump the yes. shark. Yes, <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Dennis Schroeder dunk. <laughs> that would be, God, I would just lose or my mind. Chris Paul dunk. I would equally like, just lose screw my it mind. while we're at it. That everybody, would just be awesome. But uh, honestly, I mean, they're going to return back to Chesapeake on Thursday to host New Zealand, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's going to be interesting, just because I think that'll be a test for them. I think it will be a good opportunity to further showcase their talent and showcase the way that they're able to. Uh, just play off of each other and really implement a lot of the things that they've learned in training camp so far and how they're learning each other. Um, But also, I think it's going to be a really big challenge for them to go down to Dallas on Monday just because, okay, do you remember those games? We went down to Dallas for last season. That place is crazy, and Dallas plays hella good in front of their home crowd. Well, you know, this is kind of the interesting thing, and I think this is something that Thunder fans might catch on to as the season goes on. Dallas is one of those teams that really got up for the Thunder. Now this is preseason, you know, this isn't a regular season game where where a team is trying to fight for seeding. So like the amount of hustle that Dallas or the Thunder will have on Monday, like who knows? But um, while we're on the subject, Dallas is one of those teams that got up for the Thunder, and one of the reasons why they got up for the Thunder was because Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, excuse me, understood if you want to get under the Thunder skin, you got to get under Russell Westbrook's skin. How do you get under Russell Westbrook's skin? You piss them off 
Russell Westbrook isn't here anymore. So that whole factor that hangs around the thunder in terms of like how, how like how you scheme against them, how you scout them, that's not on the table anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see teams like Dallas or Memphis, you know, all those teams that would really try to out-physical the thunder. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if that's the first tactic that they try to employ because Russell Westbrook is no longer here to get pissed off and then make the game all about himself. And I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, like, but they know that, it's true. That, Y'all know that it's That is true. something that's true. You know I true. love watching Russell Westbrook play. I hope he does well in Houston. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a guy like I'm, I was a Heat fan growing up. I'm not. I've never been a fan of Houston. <laughs> never been a fan of that organization um, from a fan standpoint. So I mean it when I say I hope Russell does well, but that factor is no longer here. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to just to see the Thunder and the Mavericks play again just because it is preseason. Yeah. But we'll see adjustments, and we'll see how the Thunder adjust to those adjustments, if they can make a second or third adjustment because this team is versatile, mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of options. Yeah. They played 15 guys tonight except for Andre Robertson, which I guess we can get into real quick. Billy said um, – he, pra- he was at shoot-around today. He practiced. He's going to practice tomorrow. They'll determine whether or not he can play Thursday night. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't. I could be completely wrong, and he just plays Thursday night. I just don't know if he's going to play in the preseason. Yeah. Because I don't know if you were at that practice last week, Madison, uh, where we were talking to Chris Paul, and he had kind of dropped that. Um, somebody asked him about Andre and he was like, yeah, um, I came here initially when the trade went down and he was still rehabbing. And then I came back at an undetermined time later Mm -hmm. and we did pick up. And Chris said, I think that was like one of the first times that he was actually playing full Mm -hmm. go basketball. So this was at least a few weeks or a month before training camp started. So Andre's only been doing this stuff for a month now Mm -hmm. after not playing basketball for 20 months. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I I kind of understand what Billy Donovan is, is saying when he says, I don't consider it day-to-day. We're just really trying to see what he can handle and trying to build his conditioning. Because it's, sim- it's not something as simple as he needs to get used to running back and forth yeah. and not getting tired. It's the physicality. It's the contact. That's something that he's going to have to get used to over a period of time. And so like throwing him out there for some preseason games – it might help, but the ability, like the risk for him to get another setback is high. You might as well just try to wait as long as you can to where you 100% are sure, okay, he's fine. Yeah. Throw him out there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'd like, personally, I'd like to see Andre go out there um, just maybe like for one of the preseason games. I would completely understand why he wouldn't be put out there because like Brady just said, it, it would be best to hold off on that. Um, I think it would be better if he did at least make one appearance just so he can test the waters a little bit because I think the intensity level uh, for preseason is definitely different than like regular season. So I think my only concern, and I feel like I'm sounding like his mother talking about this, but (laughs) I feel like my only concern is that if he were to completely hold off a preseason and then be thrust into regular season, it may or may not uh, cause concern for his health. Concern? Wow. Uh, cause concern for his health but um, at the same time I don't know maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he did sit out of preseason just because that would give him more time to feel more comfortable that would give him more time to really analyze like how his body's feeling how he's feeling mentally and emotionally to get out there because it takes a lot even though these guys are super freakish athletes like they still need to have a little bit of a push and a little bit of like 
some strong mental health to get out there and get back to doing what they did after suffering such an awful injury like that. Like, I don't even know if I would be ready for that. So I'd, I'd still be crying. Yeah. I, I think I'd be a little nervous to get back out there, honestly, because that was just gruesome and disgusting. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it, Right now, Andre is making a good decision just staying out of the first preseason game, possibly the second. But well, I guess we'll see what happens on Quite Monday. frankly, especially a team from New Zealand. Because um, every time I watch a preseason game where an NBA team is playing in an international squad, like that's an opportunity for these international teams to really showcase their talents. Because they're not yeah. just playing for a national team. They're not just playing for an overseas franchise they're also trying to prove that hey i can i belong in the nba too yeah so a lot of these games are highly competitive like the thunder like even back in the kevin durant russell westbrook days i think they played a team from istanbul and turkey and i believe that was the final year katie was with the thunder that game was pretty damn competitive Mm -hmm. like these foreign teams come here to compete they don't really necessarily view it like preseason like an nba player would do so i don't know if that's the best environment to just Go ahead, Andre. Go out there. Have at it, buddy. See, see what's going on. Um, I mean, the Thunder have they have plenty of options. They've they have the luxury of time with Andre, so I think it's probably for the best. Um, it was kind of interesting getting back into the game a little bit. It was kind of interesting just to see like Terrence Ferguson come off the bench because obviously when you've got Shea, Chris, and Dennis um, on the floor at the same time to start, there's really no room for Terrence at that point. Um, and this is a guy that would, I think he started a few times as a rookie. He started all last year, um, in place of Andre Robertson. And now he's coming off the bench. That's going to be something I'm taking note of moving forward just because I, I, I wonder if that's hard. I wonder if that's hard to be a starter and Mm -hmm. like Terrence's role with the thunder and now going into his third season, it's been pretty darn inconsistent in terms of he's off the bench guy. He's a starter. He's an off the bench guy again. It'll change. I asked Billy about it. And he said that, you know, this three-guard lineup thing, it, it could change moving forward. It could be something different. Terrence could come off the bench. Terrence could start. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options with this team, and that's probably the best thing you could say about the Thunder that we know right now. Yeah, I really like the rotation that Billy had going tonight because I liked the guys that he put out there to start. I really did like the three-guard system. I liked um, how when he did substitute guys like Darius Baisley in and – uh, even Nerlens and then Abdul at times. Like, I really did think it was a good uh, group of guys that they put out there at the same time. And I wasn't just totally off-put by the Thunder bench tonight. I think I have been in the past. And there were a couple of times that uh, Billy had a set of five out there that I was just like, what is this What is this even going to do at this time in the game? And I think there was one point in the third quarter where Dallas was able to overcome a, an 11-point deficit and take the lead. Yeah, it got kind of ugly for a second. Yeah, and I think everybody was like, what is going on? And – that's probably the one time of this game that I sat there and I was just like, why? Like, this unit out there is not working and he is making absolutely no adjustments. And I get that it's preseason, but Thunder fans are not going to want to start off the preseason with a loss to Dallas, no matter what. Like, It's one of three or four nationally televised games that the Thunder have. They yeah. might as well win it. I know. I'm like, and <laughs> win it for the Tulsa, people in Tulsa. Like, yeah. <laughs> you literally came all the way to the BOK. You dragged all of us out of Oklahoma City to come to Tulsa. Like, come on now. Let, had to pay 30 bucks for parking. Come on. And I had to pay for the Pike Pass. So, like, absolutely not. And so, I don't know, There, that was just like the one moment that I wasn't too impressed with the rotation that Billy Donovan had going, but other than that, I really liked guys like Gallinari tonight. I really enjoyed Dennis Schroeder's improvement because it was very evident. 
Um, I liked Nerlens when he did get out there. And then, of course, guys like Darius and Shea, who were brand new faces, I was really impressed with them just because they were young. Yeah. Uh, they were energetic and they meshed very well. Um, I thought with both sides of the ball. Those are two quick things I wanted to get into before we get out of here because it is late. Um, let's, let's start with Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, 24 points, 7 of 12 from the floor, 6 of 7 from the um, foul sh- from the foul line, 4 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, really looks... He looks mature, but not just beyond his years, but beyond his years in the NBA. He was a rookie last year with the Clippers on a team on a very talented team, um, on a team where it was probably if you're going to be a rookie, you wanted to be on the Clippers last year because it was a really good environment to learn. Because mm-hmm. you're going into a squad with a bunch of guys that know what they're good at, and if you're like Shea and you're extremely versatile and you've got great length, you can find somewhere to fit in. Yeah, and he did. Uh, he started 90% of their games last year. Not necessarily a point guard, but he started for him. Mm-hmm. And it was a good learning environment for him. And you can certainly tell like where his development is because, I mean, he's he's different than Russell Westbrook. Everybody knows that. He told us that when we first met him, that he, he, he is not Russell Westbrook. They don't have the same name. Right. They don't have the same body type. Um, That's for sure. It's evident because he plays differently. It's really fun to watch. His ability to stop on a dime and change direction, it is a... It is so different mm-hmm. how he attacks the basket than uh, Russell Westbrook, and it's a good it's a good kind of different. Russell's thing works for him. Shea's is going to work for him throughout mm-hmm. his career. Um, it's something that Thunder fans should be if they didn't get a chance to watch this game tonight. But for some reason, you're listening to the podcast. You, you're going to be excited. You're going to have fun watching him play. Yeah, he was a fun guy to watch, and he's developing with every touch of the ball he got tonight. And I think that is going to happen throughout the season progressively. So. I mean, good for Shea. Also, if you watch him, like, and you're up close watching him, he looks so young. Like, I was watching him do his uh, warm-ups. And he still has such, like, a joyous little smile on his face, like, when he's he's just talking and answering our questions. He looks so young. Which, like, Darius Baisley kind of does the same thing. Oh, Darius looks so wide-eyed and I I know, like, I went up to him. (laughs) I went up to him in the locker room before the game, and that story I had written about him over the weekend – um, he liked it on Twitter. Now I added him like in the tweet and he liked it. And I just kind of assumed he just liked it cause someone wrote about him. Yeah. He saw it in his mentions and he just hit the like button. It's really easy. I've done that before. Um, now I, I went up to him and said, Hey man, like just want to say like, I assumed you didn't read it, but thank you anyway for liking it. That, you know, that was a nice little gesture. Darius was like, Oh no, man, I read it. Like, thank you so much. That was such a good like that was so nice to read, and he had such a smile on his face. And the whole time, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at him and like saying, "Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that." And I truly meant it. Whole time I was uh, t- looking at, him, I was like, "Man, he's young. He doesn't know. He doesn't know to he hate us yet." <laughs> but who knows? Maybe Give it time. Maybe he won't. Just maybe maybe I won't give him a reason to hate me because I hopefully won't ask him a stupid ass question. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, with Darius, um, another guy that looks mature beyond his years on on the floor, just because. Um, he has a very mature game. Now he had some wild plays here and there, but his—I mm-hmm. I think that his—the first time he touched the ball, uh, he did a little dribble drive down the baseline, got around his defender, got under the rim, uh, threw a wraparound pass behind his defender to a streaking Terrence Ferguson mm-hmm. running straight down the lane into the um, towards the rim. Terrence caught it and threw down a dunk in traffic for his hometown Tulsa crowd. Um, it really showcased. That's what Darius Baisley brings. He always says that he's a pass-first guy. Um, 
the Thunder started um, want him power forward. He played power forward tonight. He can he has the point forward ability, so um, he's going to make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Some of those mistakes are going to be sloppy. Some of those mistakes are going to be like I get what he was trying to do, and I like it. Keep doing it. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. I've been excited for him since the day I, I watched him play at Summer League. Yeah, I like Darius Paisley a lot. I like what he brings to the table. I like his young energy. I like the fact that his teammates are really on board with him too because every single guy that we've talked to on this team has had nothing but praises to sing about him. And obviously they're not going to get up there and just like cut him down, but they could say you know, just mediocre things or just very uh, impersonal things, but they don't. They say a lot of great things about him, and I think they really are starting to trust him. And we've seen this before on this team. Obviously, it's a new set of guys, but if you have guys like Chris Paul and Steven Adams and just guys who have been in the league for a long time trusting you and they're on your side, then you're going to get a lot of play action. And I think that's really exciting for a guy who's going to contribute a lot to this team. Yeah, he's going to get plenty of burn. Like a lot of these young guys are just going to—they're going to play more minutes than they probably probably would have on a team on a more established team if the Russell and Paul trades didn't For go sure, down. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of mistakes, but they're going to be fun because you watch these mistakes happen with the thought of there's going to be better days on the horizon. Yeah. And so all these mistakes where you would probably get pissed off at him with a more established team that you shouldn't be making that stupid ass play. Yeah. You like them now because they should be better. This, this seems to be a high IQ basketball team, especially amongst the young guys. But um, with that mass and any other final thoughts from tonight, or should we just get the hell out of here? I mean, honestly, all that I can say from this game was that I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I kind of expected it to be a little bit closer um, I didn't know that guys like Luca weren't going to be playing tonight, and I think that could have made a difference. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I kind of wanted to watch him play. But um, other than that, honestly, like, good for the Thunder tonight. That was something great for them to take away. That was something good for Thunder fans to see. Uh, good for Tulsa for showing out tonight and showing love to the team. And also, there were a lot of Dallas fans here, so that was good too. But overall, it was just – it was a fun night. It was a good preseason game, and I think the Thunder have plenty to learn from, but they also have – uh, a lot of things to hang their hats on, so it's good. Yeah, and shout out to the BOK music guy. Oh yeah, they I played really the hits. Music. Like I, I said it like a thousand times on Twitter. They played the hits. They played Zeppelin, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. They played some good stuff. Chesapeake, take notes. Step it up. Step it up. Step it up. With that, Madison, let's get the hell out of here and go home. Okay. Thank you, Tulsa. Thank you so much. And then thank you, everybody, listening to the OKC82 podcast and following along with us on Twitter. Um, appreciate you guys so much. We're looking forward to another fun season of Thunder post-game shows. And we'll do like a weekly kind of wrap-up show, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I might do one with Chisholm tomorrow. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember what day it is. But for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good rest of your day. <laughs>